Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental. Keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. Hello and welcome to Muskoka Unlimited on 88.7 The Bay. I'm Jenny Cressman, your host with the most. The most interesting individuals to chat with, that is. That's what Muskoka Unlimited is really all about. Having conversations with interesting people who are doing interesting things. The folks featured on this show all have some sort of connection to Muskoka, but beyond that, the topics are unlimited. Now, without further ado, let me introduce to you today's special guest. In the studio with me today is Jeff Mann. Some people will know him for various reasons in this community, perhaps because of his business, which he can tell you a little bit more about in a minute, or perhaps because of his time as a teacher or for other community service activities that he's involved in. But the reason he's particularly with us today is because of his love of skiing, which started when he was two a mere child of two he fell in love with skiing and so jeff can you tell us a little bit more about where you were what you were doing and introduce it to your life (laughs) sure jenny thank you and thanks for having me it's great to be here um when i was uh about two years old we moved away from toronto where i was born and moved down to New York City for a couple of years mm. and then moved west to Calgary. And it was when we were living in Calgary as a family that I had my first opportunities to ski, sort of three, four years old. Mm-hmm. One of the places where I learned to ski later became the uh, Winter Olympic Park, where they have the bobsled runs ah. and the luge runs in actually within the Calgary city limits. When I was a little guy, it was called Pascapoo. <laughs> so that was where I took my first lessons. Okay. And then you came back to this area, though, uh, later on in life. That's right. So uh, after our time in Calgary, we we moved back as a family to Toronto when I was Mm -hmm. in kindergarten. So I grew up skiing and uh, going to high school in southern Ontario uh, in Toronto. Um, And then later on moved uh, back out to, first of all, Thunder Bay to go to university at Lakehead Mm -hmm. University. And after university out to BC for several seasons in the ski industry at West. Okay, so you worked for uh, various BC ski resorts, but you also had experience, I believe, with forestry and Parks Canada at that time? That's that's correct. So when I was in university in the summers, mm-hmm. I worked uh, for the Alberta Forest Service running a junior forest ranger camp, which okay. was a lot of fun and yeah. uh, did that for a couple of summers. And one of them was right at the edge of the foothills in a little town called Nordegg. Uh, Hmm. in central Alberta. And then the second summer was right in uh, Jasper National Park. We had a Alberta Forest Service Junior Forest Ranger crew in the park. Um, So there are lots of forestry experience and training through that program, uh, which was a lot of fun and really got me into um, chainsaw work and getting to learn some of those safety skills, which I then later applied cutting ski runs at some of those ski resorts uh, Uh at West in the summers. 
And all of that background has blended together so well to make you the perfect person to be involved with a new ski touring association. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I never, I never expected all of those skills to come together into one, uh, mm-hmm. one organization. But it's, it's kind of true. It's really worked out uh, when you draw in uh, the teaching experience as well. It, yes, it sort of all has coalesced into this, uh, this experience with West Wind Highland Ski Touring Association. Yeah, also known as Wusta. That's correct. Okay, so how did this whole organization come about? What led up to its inception? Uh, it's a good question. We have had a community of backcountry skiers in Muskoka for many, many years. Okay, just stop right there. For people who aren't familiar with skiing, what is backcountry skiing? Sure, okay. So what we're talking about today is is ski touring. Mm-hmm. It's right in the name of the organization. So West Wind Highlands Ski Touring Association. Ski touring is basically, it's for folks who want to ski and explore in the winter. So ski touring is at its very most basic level, cross-country skiing without grooming. Okay. Um, It's generally done in more remote areas um, and it can take a variety of terrains. So there's sort of two main branches of the sport. One type of ski touring is just simply going out and exploring on rolling terrain, more akin to cross-country skiing. Although there's generally more uphills and downhills. Uh, <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. And the, the other type is what we call touring for turns. So that's ah. where you might go out to uh, a specific location where there's a hill and climb the hill and then ski back down, but more doing turns as you would if you were alpine skiing at a resort. So there's sort of those two, those two lanes, if you will, of ski touring. One is more just that exploring on rolling terrain, more akin to cross-country skiing. And then mm-hmm. the other is this idea of uh, touring for turns. So that's what, that's what ski touring is. Ungroomed, ski exploring on skis. Okay. Yeah. So very adventurous. It can, it can be very adventurous, yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and so the organ, so you had a, a group of people who liked to do this. And so you all got together and you decided to make it official. This is going to be an association. That's right. That's right. So for a decade or more, I've been living in Muskoka now almost 20 years and I've been ski, ski touring in Muskoka that whole time. Uh, it was a skill set that I brought back with me from out West mm-hmm. and this other core group, we sort of found each other over the years. There was a, a Facebook group that started up a bunch of years ago that uh, helped to sort of coalesce this this group. And it, it grew to be quite large. I think we had, well, we now have several hundred people who are a part of that Facebook group. Um, but yeah, we just sort of realized that the sport was getting to a place in our area where it needed a voice. And one of the things that we wanted to be able to start to do was to actually work a little bit on the areas where we go skiing. Um, with chainsaws and things, for example, to just make things a little bit safer and a little bit more manageable. But we also wanted to be very legit in the way that we did that. So to try to make sure that we got all the necessary permissions and that we were doing it safely and responsibly. Um, So that's where creating the organization uh, came from, was from uh, a standpoint of being able to organize people, but also to be able to get insurance and have right. a have a sort of an official voice with government and landowners, so that um, we could all we could speak for the ski ski touring community. Yeah. Okay. So where does the name West Wind Highlands come from? Uh, that's a good question. We spent a lot of time thinking about what to name the organization, and West Wind Highlands. 
um, sort of was an outcome of that process. So the west wind is the wind here in Muskoka and Almaguin, where we operate, that brings the snow squalls off uh-huh. of uh, off of Georgian Bay. So those are the winds that really make our sport possible in this area. Uh, and then the highlands portion is we really are most interested and operate almost exclusively in the area just to the west of Algonquin Park. And that area really is very much a highland area. So sort of akin to, you know, what you might find in Scotland or something like that. So we're, mm-hmm. we're trying to describe the landscape a little bit. So West Wind Highlands, the name just sort of made sense. Obviously, there's the tie-in with West Wind to the famous Tom Thompson painting, sort sure. of an iconic, um, you know, piece of our regional history, I guess. But uh, yeah, that's that's how we got to West Wind Highlands. Okay, and so it includes Muskoka, Elmagwin Highlands, Halliburton, and other surrounding areas specifically. That's correct, yeah. As, as I said earlier, we need sort of remote areas to mm-hmm. practice the sport, and uh, there is a buffer of crown land that runs up the west side of Algonquin Park. Ah. So that crown land buffer is a really ideal area for us because it's both uh, remote and also has nice big hills. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But you, you don't ski exclusively on crown land. You also are having events at places like Limberlost. That's true. Yeah. Limberlost has been a really amazing partner for us. And um, for people who aren't familiar with Limberlost, I just throw out that name as if everyone knows, but what exactly is Limberlost? Well, Limberlost is a, a, it's a forest reserve. It's called Limberlost Wildlife Reserve. Um, and it is north of Highway 60 between Tasso Lake and, and Highway 60. So uh, it's up Limberlost Road, north of Hillside. And it's been, uh, the property has been around for a long time, almost 100 years, um, operating as a lodge. Um, people used to take the train up to Huntsville and go out there and horse-drawn sleighs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had an operational ski hill on that property in the 40s and 50s and into the 60s Um, and that ski resort the little ski hill that they had at Limberlost had one of the first operational surface ski lifts in uh, in Ontario Um, these days you can still see some of the (laughs) the remains of those old ski lifts on the site which is pretty cool but as of the 19 late 60s and into 1970s they uh, closed that ski hill down so it reforested and Limberlost was interested in partnering with Westwind Highlands to bring some skiing back to that old ski hill. So is there any thought that you might actually have a lift there again? Not really. Lifts are big, big pieces of infrastructure that require a lot of investment. Uh, and then obviously you need energy to run them and also um, person power to to make it all happen. So, no, I think Limberlost is really interested in human powered sport and recreation okay so uh ski touring is a perfect fit for them in that we can enjoy the ski hill but we we climb up on our skis in order to ski back down so no i don't i don't see a lift there in the future okay okay (laughs) oh well just checking (laughs) i'm trying to envision it all uh it was this area was such um a a hub for a lot of interesting outdoor activities you know early skiers and and boating and canoe camping all kinds of stuff going on up here and it's great to see more person-powered endeavors coming back Mm -hmm. so we're going to leave it at that um i'm speaking with jeff mann we're going to take a little break here and then we'll come back and talk more about jeff's endeavors and wooster and some events that are coming up i'm jenny cressman and this is muskoka unlimited on 88.7 fm 
FM The Bay. Stay tuned. I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental, and you're listening to Muskoka Magazine. Hello, welcome back to Muskoka Unlimited on 88.7 FM, The Bay. I'm Jenny Cressman, as I was in the first half, and I'm still here with Jeff Mann in the studio today. We've been talking about an organization that he has helped found. It's colloquially called WUSTA. And what does that stand for again, Jeff? <laughs> WUSTA is the West Wind Highlands Ski Touring Association. And well, what are they all about? Like, what are the missions and goals and activities, events and, you know, people involved with it? Tell us more in depth about what's going on with Wusta. Yeah, absolutely, Jenny. So I think the best way for folks to get information about it outside of what I'm about to say is we have a, a good informative website and the web address is www.whsta.org. So that's a great place to go and find out a little bit more. So we founded West Wind Highlands Ski Touring Association in 2020, which mm-hmm. I've called the year of hindsight for <laughs> for many years. And this was a, this was a, an outgrowth of this group of skiers that had been getting together for a lot of years, um, particularly um, Jeff Edwards, who uh, who's also known as Jeff LeChef. He and I really kind of put our heads together and talked about where we hoped to see the sport go in Muskoka. And um, through our conversations, we drew in some other folks and ended up um, finding some pro bono legal help from a big Toronto law firm. And they helped us through the uh, incorporation of a not-for-profit, which is, which is now Wusta. Um, some of those other lucky <laughs> slash sucker people that we that we got to come on board and join our board um, are uh, a local photographer up here and passionate outdoors person named Scott Turnbull, um, a friend from Lakehead uh, when I was at Lakehead University, who is also a passionate ski tourer and works in the outdoor industry. Uh, named Annie Schurz and uh, somebody, of course, that you know quite well. So <laughs> I, I should full disclosure, Jenny's Jenny's partner, <laughs> Gord Baker, is is on our board as well. So though the we came together and uh, sort of went through the process of creating the organization. And so what Wusta tries to do, I'll, I'll read you our mission statement. So through education, advocacy and trail building, we increase awareness of ski touring in our region, nurture a responsible community of enthusiasts and work to create and manage ski touring routes while acting as land stewards. So what Wusta does uh, is pretty well summarized in that mission statement. We essentially want to sort of grow the sport of ski touring in a responsible way in our area. And we do that by selling memberships. Mm -hmm. Um, So our members support the organization. Um, They allow us to have insurance so that when we run events, people are covered. And of course, we're covered as well. Um, And you sell hats. I remember seeing boxes of those around the house. Yes, (laughs) yeah, we sell hats. So uh, again, through our through our website, you can find out more information about that. Quite attractive hats, really. Um, Our hats, our hats currently have our vision statement written on the side. And a nice logo. A nice logo. Thank you. Uh, And the vision statement is? It is simply skiing in balance. Yeah. So I learned. Very succinct. Yeah, I think so too. Um, There's some different, I like it because there's different types of balance involved in the sport. So there's sort of the physical, whenever you're Mm -hmm. skiing, of course, balance is is a key physical component. There's kind of this idea of environmental balance. So by exploring on skis in the backcountry, we get away from a lot of the big infrastructure involved in ski resorts. 
So it's a little bit lower impact. There's no grooming in what we do. So there's that environmental balance. Mm -hmm. And then there's also this idea of risk and reward. So this balance Mm -hmm. when you're ski touring, I think, because it is it is an adventurous activity whenever you're away from trails and um, back in in the woods you need to be thinking both in terms of what sort of risks you want to take but whatever risks you do take um, there's always a a related reward so we want to try to always have people thinking in terms of what's a smart choice what's a fun choice but also let's keep things safe out there so and sometimes there's a reward such as a really nice potluck. I remember your AGM <laughs> included that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we had uh, Jenny uh, came out to our AGM this year, which was out at Limberlost um, in the fall. And we had a really, a really fun time out there. So that's one of the events that you guys do. But there's other events. There's There are a couple that are going on in February, right? That's absolutely correct. So we have a, a trip for members of the organization who w- will be going up to Bellevue Valley Lodge, which is just outside of Sault Ste. Marie in Goulet River. And it's a privately owned backcountry ski lodge, ski touring lodge. So when you go and stay there, the owners have spent many years, decades glading and maintaining about 400 Mm. acres of high hills just at the edge of the Algoma Highlands. And uh, that particular area gets the lake effect snow off of Lake Superior, which is, as you can imagine, with thinking of economies Mm. of scale. That's pretty heavy duty. (laughs) Pretty heavy duty snow. So it's it's an incredible spot. And Robin and Anne, who are the owners, are wonderful. So, yeah, I'll be going up there with nine members of Wusta. The second weekend of February. Uh, Another really important event coming up is our Twig Fest event, which has been running for many years and is hosted by... It it precedes the organization. It does. It does, yeah. It was born out of a really fun day of uh, of skiing in the woods with Jeff Lachef and Gord Baker and some other other folks. So it's happening February 4th. Uh, It happens in a really remote part of Almaguin, sort of east of east of Kearney so we can only have so many folks come out to that event as well because well, par- parking's an issue and it, it's a good thing that this show will actually air after the event occurs <laughs> then but they can plan to come for next year and That's get on true. the list but That's we true. are going to have this show airing in advance of another event coming up March 4 can you talk a little bit about that sure yeah so we, we've been doing this event for several years as well we run a, a backcountry ski festival uh, it'll be March 4th this year which also happens to be world world telemark day Mm. but people who are all sorts of free spirits and want to explore uh, on skis in in the woods are welcome to come to that event it's the one event that we run that isn't strictly for members only so that's one of the the benefits of being a member of wusta is is you get to come to our events except the one on march 4th is uh, is open to anybody who wants to come out and, and have fun and learn a little bit more about the sport and about wusta and about Wusta, yeah. Okay. Oh, I, I should maybe mention, Jenny, that uh, our annual a membership in Wusta is forty five dollars. So it's not okay. it's not prohibitively expensive, um, and it does help to support uh, the sport, and also you know gives you access to events and all kinds of other fun stuff too. Well, and I think you have a family rate as well, don't you? We do, yeah. So yeah. I'm a, I'm a family guy. So yeah, our family rate is one hundred dollars, and the way that works is one person in the family has has a vote at the AGM, and then the other people in the family become sort of uh, essentially associate members. But they're also yeah. they get the insurance coverage and all those other um, uh, can come to events and all those other good pluses of being a member. 
So there are so many challenges in setting up an organization. Are there some challenges that we haven't covered? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so what challenges me personally, I think sometimes are is just finding room in my life for all all the things I want to do, work and family and obviously volunteer work and and managing this organization, which which I adore. But sometimes it can be tricky to find room for all those different things. Um, Well, yeah, yeah, your work, the Harp Lake construction, that's just gone to a new level recently, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. So my business partner and I have been doing renovations and uh, and building work for uh, several years, but it was more wasn't as organized. We, we, We didn't have a corporation. So this last year, my partner and I have um, you know, incorporated and gone through all those processes to make sure that what we're doing is, um, has a higher level of professionalism. So yeah, yeah, that's been, that's been exciting too. Um, other things that challenge me, I think, as far as Wusta goes are, I, you know, I'm not a great manager of discord and conflict, Mm -hmm. uh, and that does arise as, as it will for any organization from Mm -hmm. time to time. So that's a challenge. And the, the other big one has just been the weather for the last two winters has not been ideal for backcountry skiing. So that is a current challenge and I'm sure will continue to be in the future as, uh, as you know, climate change is a reality, but uh, we're, we're hopeful that our, our encouraging of the sport of ski touring helps a, to get people out in the woods so they can experience winter for themselves and how it's changing. Um, and also to lighten the footprint of, of skiing a little bit as well. Well, and and you've done all of this in balance with so many different factions. And I think you you had identified that you want to also thank a certain number of people. And now that we're winding down with this segment of our interview, why don't you let us know who you'd like to show appreciation for and thank? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, our organization wouldn't exist without our board, who are amazing volunteers, who do so much good work, uh, who I'm very fortunate to lead. Obviously, our membership, uh, who are are big parts of what we do and um, support us in, in what we do and our volunteers as well. So from our membership, we, we have lots of people who come come out and help. We have um, other people I'd like to thank are, of course, Limberlost Wildlife Reserve. They've been a great partner for us in this sport and helped us to run events and um, have a place where we can focus lots of our energy. Um, to Algonquin Outfitters, who have been big supporters of ours right from right from the beginning, really. Um, many of our staff, many of their staff um, are, are keen on the sport and, and help us out. The Family Place Restaurant in Huntsville, um, Jenny and Oliver have been big supporters of ours, and we really appreciate them and everything they do. Uh, Sir Sam's Ski Area had us out after they closed the ski hill last year for an amazing day of ski touring. And, uh, of course, also our um, lovely plow drivers, snow plow drivers up at Tasso, Donnie and um, Fisher Log- Tom Fisher Logging and the Kearney Graphite Mine folks up in Kearney. Um, that's about all for my thanks. And of course, my family. I love my family. (laughs) And thanks to your dog, Parka, for being so supportive, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Jenny. (laughs) Okay, and thank you, Jeff Mann, for telling us all about Worcester. And this has been Jenny Cressman on 88.7 FM The Bay with Muskoka Unlimited. That's it for today, folks. Thanks for tuning in to Muskoka Unlimited, which airs every other Sunday on 88.7 The Bay. If you missed the show, don't worry. You can find podcasts of all my Muskoka Unlimited shows on the Bay's website, 
huntersbayradio.com. I also post links and reminders of upcoming shows on Facebook. Look for author Jenny Cressman and follow me around. This is Jenny Cressman saying adios for now. I'll be back again in two weeks. Thanks for listening.